1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday. Matt and myself are here. We are going to recap the Thursday night football game between the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. I don't know why that jumped out of my head there for a minute, but that is the team that they played last night. And then we will go over the rest of the Week 3 NFL slate. Matt, how you doing on this beautiful Friday?
2: Doing all right. It's been a it's been a busy day, but uh, that game last night was existed.
1: It's a great way of putting it. I spent more time watching the uh, Marshall Appalachian State game than I spent watching that game last night. So and that tells you how much I cared about that game.
2: Yeah, I mean it was tough. I I don't think the Texans were as bad as I thought. It was just really kind of yeah dry.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll say the Texans played better than I thought they would. I thought uh I thought Carolina was going to be able to run away with that game, if I'm if I'm being honest. A little disappointed cuz I picked up their defense and that uh they did not do great for me last night. I thought they yeah, would su- do better.
2: surprising to have zero turnovers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially with Davis Mills starting there. Yeah, was not expecting that. But let's uh before we jump into that, I will say that we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Find out what they're saying after week one in Green Bay over on Lombardi's Legend Podcast over at the Pigskin Podcast Network. Again, you can find all of them. Just search the hashtag T-P-P-N or you can follow them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter. They retweet everything, post everything there as well. We are proud to be a part of them. Again, NFL, fantasy, college, hockey, baseball, soccer, they've got it all. It's a great network to be a part of. With that being said, Matt, let's jump into the Thursday night game. The Panthers won this one 24-9. The Panthers win, but realistically lose. They do go to 3-0, but they lose not only Christian McCaffrey, but young defensive rookie stud J.C. Horn. What do you make of this offense in the backfield now without CMC? We saw uh, Chuba Hubbard getting a little bit of run, as well as your boy, Royce Freeman.
2: Yeah, and I think they'll both uh, get a little bit of run. They... They go to face the Cowboys um, next week, and then they have two home games against the Eagles and the Vikings. So, you know, if McCaffrey can come back in three or four weeks, they don't have the most brutal schedule, uh, but all those teams can put up and I think that's going to be big tests for this defense as we said last night we a little surprised they didn't they weren't even able to turn over um, this Houston they stuffed the running game pretty good uh, but they weren't that great against the passing game and they are going to face much more robust passing games from Dallas and Minnesota uh, and even you know even the Eagles, have have some weapons and that's probably they're going to feel the loss of JC Horn a little bit more, uh, there. Um, you know, that might be given the stretch they're entering an even bigger loss. I thought Hubbard looked pretty good moving the ball. Freeman is a pretty excellent pass blocker and he's pretty decent in, in that kind of hurry up offense. Those are the things you would worry about with a rookie running back. Um, but Hubbard looked decently explosive. I liked what I saw from DJ Moore. Uh, it was nice. They got, uh, Felix's boy, uh, Tommy Tremble going. Uh, He had a couple of nice plays. Um, So I I still think the the Panthers, it's a good start. And and I think they'll fare decently well the next couple of weeks. And hopefully they can get McCaffrey back and, and still be more dynamic.
1: Yeah, Hubbard, you know, he was very good in college for two years. Uh, I, I don't know if that he can necessarily carry the load for Carolina, and I don't know that I'm going to blow all my free agent money on him, especially now with the news that McCaffrey might be back in a couple weeks. Would you pivot at all to maybe Royce Freeman, knowing nobody is likely going after him, assuming he he's going to yeah. get some of the workload?
2: And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's more, I mean, he's more of a, A possession kind of a back Uh, the way they were using hubbard he he seems like he's going to be more of a weapon uh kind of a back so uh, freeman's not a bad pickup they should probably both be rostered for the time being uh especially i mean chuba hubbard's probably universally rostered in dynasty i don't Know about yeah, your draft, sure. but he was yeah. he was almost always picked up. So a lot of people have him maybe on a practice squad. But Freeman, a guy that's floating out there, this could be a chance. You know, we saw a Mike Davis come in um and put up RB twelve numbers, relieving Christian McCaffrey. And you know, I think Royce Freeman is on par with that.
1: Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if both of them are somewhat fantasy relevant moving forward for the next couple weeks until McCaffrey comes back. As you just mentioned, Mike Davis, I believe, finished the years in RB two last year, and that was, uh, yep. you know, I think I think it's fair to say I'm, I, uh, I don't know if I would actually.
2: Say I think he was RB. D- I think he finished as RB twelve.
1: That would, that's just insane. I don't, I don't know if that Hubbard or or Freeman will be that good in any given week. But again, with them saying McCaffrey's going to be back in. The one thing I would caution as well, if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner is expecting him to be back in three or four weeks. We saw them hold him out toward the end of last year, mm-hmm. even when he was coming out and saying that he was healthy. So I would limit expectations a little bit. Now, if they're still four in well, if they're talking about three weeks, so you're six weeks into the season, if they're four and two or five and one, they may rush him back a little bit quicker because they'll be likely very much in the playoff race. And I do think that's realistic with this offense. Joe Brady, has this team humming? I mean, Sam Darnold looked a little sketchy at times last night. He had a couple fumbles. Uh, was lucky that the Panthers recovered most of them there. So he ended up not ended up hurting the team. Uh, but with that Houston rush, they they started to get to him a little bit. We saw a little bit of the Jet Sam Darnold there. But overall. Darnold has looked like an improved player. I mean, DJ Moore has just been ridiculously good. I think, if anything, his upside goes up a little bit more with McCaffrey being out. So I think he's just going to continue to be heavily targeted. Uh, is Robbie Anderson a fade for you know, at this point? He really seems to kind of be be falling off here in the pecking
2: order. Yeah, I mean, they threw it. 34 times, and I believe he only got uh, two targets, only caught one for eight. I feel like he's probably moved into that boom bust territory. Terrace Marshall, much more consistent, got five targets. They targeted Hubbard five times. They used Dan Arnold, the other tight end, uh, got four targets. So it does seem like he's fallen down a little bit down the pecking order. If they can hit a deep ball to him, probably makes your day. But that was kind of week one. People were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, great start. I think he only caught that one, but it was for 57 yards and a touchdown, which, you know, gives you a nice 12 point boost. But it does not seem like they're feeding him the way they were last year.
1: On the Texans side here, Davis Mills was surprisingly okay. Brandon Cooks continues to ball out. Um, what what is is Brandon Cooks now like? Uh, I don't want to say DeAndre Hopkins light, but is, is he a is he proving that it doesn't matter who's that quarterback, he's going to be a fantasy stud for you?
2: Yeah, that's that was my takeaway. He seems quarterback proof uh, in that you know um, he he's done well all three games. We're probably underrated him a little bit going into the season. I think we underrated him last year. We underrated him again when it looked like they were going to take a dive. Texans' line was bad. Davis Mills was getting beat up a lot. They couldn't establish any kind of run, and they did try. I mean, Ingram had a bunch of carries. I love Philip Lindsay. He got a bunch of carries. He did not get anything done, so they can't run at all. So they, they weren't blocking well, and they couldn't run. Those are two things that are going to be real inhibitions to a rookie quarterback who's trying to get his feet under him. Given all that, I actually thought Davis Mills looked better than I expected.
1: Well, when your neck is like the size of a giraffe and you get like that bird eye view down on the defense, it makes a little bit of sense how, you know, you can like kind of read what the defenders are doing and everything. I'm sorry. I mean, dude, when that dude came jogging out there, I'm sorry. I was like, hey, look, you guys want to see a real live brontosaurus? Even though I don't think, wait, his brontosaurus isn't real, right? Is that the one that doesn't actually exist? I was trying to go a dinosaur reference since I got the Jurassic Park shirt on. There's a dinosaur that doesn't actually exist. And I don't remember. It, it's besides the point. Davis Mills did definitely look better than I expected him to. Too. I'm not holding my breath on that. Uh, I think he can be a solid backup, though. I, I don't know that he's really a, a starting NFL quarterback, but I didn't even expect him to go out there and look as good as he did, especially again in, in the limited time that he's had to practice and mm-hmm. get ready. So he, he definitely looked better than I thought. It. Brandon Cooks is by far the best player on that team. The only player in my opinion starting right. worth on fantasy, you know, I mentioned on the podcast yesterday that I thought the Texans that if you could pick the right Texans running back, they might be worth it. 16 touches for 36 yards between the three of them. So uh, even if you started all three of them, they were not fantasy relevant. Like combined, it was a bad day for the Texans run offense.
2: Um, They're using, you know, at least the first couple of weeks, it seemed like uh, Lindsey and David Johnson were getting opportunities in the passing game. Neither of them got a target yesterday, but Mark freaking Ingram got a target. And then Rex Burkhead comes in and gets the targets. Now you're talking about mixing in. In four people, uh, the other one I think that might be worth watching is Anthony Miller because we thought it might be a nice trade opportunity there. They're decimated at receiver right now. Nico Collins is on IR. Chris Connolly exists, and uh, Danny Amendola is all banged up. Anthony Miller didn't look too bad.
1: No, no, he really didn't. You you wonder if how much how much of that was really mitch strubisky and not anthony miller that was uh causing those issues or the chicago, chicago
2: offense in general oh,
1: that that too uh let's see here all right you want well, to tell us about mr we, bob harris
2: i do indeed Uh, We are heading into uh, week three. We gave you some of our rankings yesterday. But if you want to get an edge up on your league mates, get the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. At footballdiehards.com, get the Flash Update Pro. It's a full suite of tools to make you a better manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use the code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. So as soon as this episode's over, or if you're capable of multitasking, hop on there and sign up today.
1: All right, let's jump in and talk about the rest of the NFL slate for week three. And we are going to start with the Washington football team at Buffalo, both teams sitting at one and one. Will we see Antonio Gibson go, get going for the Washington team here in week three?
2: Yeah, we haven't seen running backs have great success against Buffalo. Najee Harris, you know, the Steelers won, but he was kind of really held in check last week. Miami didn't get much of a run game going at all. Uh, That would make me a little bit nervous, especially if Washington gets down or needs to move the ball. It seems like J.D. McKissick is the guy they're putting in there in the two-minute or hurry-up offense. So. I still believe Antonio Gibson is talented, um, but his usage this season has given me a little bit of pause, and I don't suspect this is an incredible matchup. Yeah, I'm
1: not expecting him to go out there and have a massive game uh, this weekend. Um, I, you know, we talked a little bit about last week. His workload has been confusing to me especially with the way they continue to use jd mckissick we really hoped at least i hoped and why i had him so rank uh, high ranked him so high earlier in my rankings that he would get a lot of passing down work and that just does not seem to be the case right now daniel jones lit this defense up what can josh allen and the bills passing game do
2: yeah i'm hoping we get to kind of see the bills passing game we've expected all season we didn't we saw glimpses of it in week one and glimpses of it in week two but we didn't get a full picture um but daniel jones ran for 95 yards and and threw for quite a decent amount uh so i'm hoping that we get a little bit more of a bounce back game it's been a quiet start for josh allen
1: yeah, I mean, we heard a lot of people saying they thought he might regress a little bit based on that. I mean, last year he had a phenomenal season, and it's kind of hard to keep up with that pace, right? That It's one of those things where we talked about Mahomes. Even Mahomes really hasn't lived up to like that very first season that he had. What is that? would have been two years ago now uh, that he had with that amazing season. Now, he's still been a top-end quarterback, but he hasn't really like been back up to that. It's hard to live to that really high billing of it. I do expect Allen to go out there and have a decent game here. Washington's defense, I think, has been a little bit overrated. I think all three of us, when we talked about thought they were going to be really good. They haven't quite been that. Now, I don't know if Allen continues to get the rushing yards, but I do agree. I think they're able to pass a little bit here, uh, get going. You know, we've seen Diggs has had okay games. You know, Dawson Knox, we talked a little bit about on the Monday show, got a touchdown. I actually think he gets another one this week. I think he's going to be able to get against uh, Washington's linebackers here. Uh, Overall, though, I am taking the Bills to win this game, as is – oh, wait, no, Dennis did not put his picks in here. Oh, yeah.
2: We're gonna assume Dennis. You know what? I think this means we get to pick for Dennis.
1: Dennis is picking a tie between the Washington football team and the Bills.
2: I'm taking the Bills.
1: All right. That puts us on to the game that I will be paying very close attention to this weekend. The one and one Chicago Bears at the one and one Cleveland Browns. Justin Fields gets the start. What are you expecting out of his debut and do you expect? Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen, but based on what you expect to happen with Justin Fields this weekend, do you expect Dalton gets the job back?
2: So I think I said before, if you know, once you go to Justin Fields, unless he looks dreadful, I don't know how you go back to Andy Dalton. They are maintaining that Dalton's uh, the starter and. It is Matt Nagy, so I'm not ruling anything out. I think Justin Fields is going to be decent. I had him ranked as QB 24, which in Superflex means I would be comfortable starting him, and I probably will um, be starting him in a couple places where, where my Superflex options are probably him, Mac Jones, or uh, Zach Wilson i think he's gonna do better than all three of those i like his mobility um the browns defense is decent but not has not been incredible i know you were more bullish when we talked yesterday you had him up top 12 our friend ricky also had him listed as a start this week he thinks fields is about to go off and if he has a huge showing like that dalton definitely not coming back
1: yeah and i i'm torn on this because I don't think the Browns defense, we expect, almost like the Washington we just talked about, we expected this Browns defense to be better, and they just haven't been. The linebacker, I even said coming into the season, as good as we, we thought this defense could be, was a weak spot. I do think Miles Garrett, and, and as long as Clowney is, is fully healthy and ready to go in this game, will be able to get some pressure on Fields because that offensive line for Chicago is not good. But those linebackers, I don't think, are going to be able to keep up with Fields' speed. And so I think if they end up going into any kind of man coverages and Fields is able to take off, he's going to be able to get some yards. I think this is going to be a competitive game. I do think Fields wants to go out there and prove that he can be the starter. So I think he's going to run a little bit. I do have him as a top-12 start because of the rushing upside. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see him break off like a huge run in his first game like he did with Ohio State against FAU. I think it was like a 67-yard touchdown run. I don't know if he goes 67 yards. But I would not be surprised if he gets a big touchdown run in this game and then throws for a couple touchdowns. I think he'll still—he didn't look all that great last week, and I don't know how much of that is not getting much practice with the ones and just kind of being thrust out there now. He's had practice all week. So I'm a little worried just because I do like some of the playmakers on the Browns defense. But I said this to someone the other day. My biggest issue with the Browns defense is I think— Uh, defensive coordinator Joe Woods just expects their top tier talent to make plays instead of scheming plays. And I think that defense is not good enough to just expect you don't have to to tell me he
2: was my defensive coordinator for a few years uh, when Vance Joseph was our head coach.
1: Yeah. So I I think he relies too much on the talent and not necessarily the scheme, which I do think is hurting the Browns defense a little bit. So I think fields is going to be able to have a good day. I do want to ask you this before we move on to the Brown side of things. Uh, our brothers in arms austin and colin did their canton bound episode that dropped i think it was yesterday or this morning uh austin picked justin fields to go or for to pass for under 200 yards in this game would you take the over or the under just so you know a lot of the betting sites set his over under at 215 yards so people are not expecting fields to pass i will Um. say granted you have to put this a little bit into context cuz they did play the Chiefs in week 1. They're giving up over 250 yards passing in the first two games of the season. That's including Tyrod who did have a very good first half until he got hurt.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Tyrod and Davis Mills combined were about 240 yards cuz Mills was uh, I think 108 and Tyrod Taylor was at 125, so not terrible. I think Chicago's line is probably one of the biggest problems. I also think that Cleveland doesn't want to be in a high-scoring game because their pass weapons are not in the greatest shape, and they want to run a lot. And the Bears want to protect Justin Fields and have a pretty good running back of their own in David Montgomery and are going to try to run a lot. So I actually probably would take the slight under on 200. Um, I know it sounds like I wouldn't, if it was 200 total yards, I'd take the over because I think he'll end up running a little bit, but straight passing, he only had 60 in that half against the Bengals.
1: It's very close for me because I do agree with you. I think they're going to run with Montgomery. I think they're going to run with fields where I do think they could get, or he could end up getting over is I think they're going to start hitting the Browns with some play action once they get into the second half Mm -hmm. after they're able to run a little bit. We saw a lot of that from Mitch Trubisky when Mitch was good, the play action, the rolling out of the pocket. I think Fields is ten times the player that Mitch Trubisky is. I think if Matt Nagy is smart at all and wants to win this game, that's what he's going to do to attack that Browns defense. And if that happens, I mentioned it on Monday's show, both Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson had 50-yard-plus touchdown passes they dropped from Justin Fields in that week. I think both of those guys, I love Denzel Ward. He can only cover one of them. And I think Mooney has got more speed. And I would take, this is coming from a Browns fan, I would take Mooney over Greedy Williams, Greg Newsome, and I think Newsome's going to be an absolute stud He's played two games in the NFL. He's going to need some time. Grant Delpit, I don't think, is fully back yet. Johnson is still, I think, integrating into this defense. I, I think that they could do it.
2: Where, so I guess that I don't doubt that part where, uh, where I start to have concerns is the brutal weakness for the Bears line uh, is the tackles, which is not great when you have – Miles Garrett on one side and Jadavion Clowney on another. And it's hard. Some of those plays and being able to connect on those plays require a little bit of time. And I know he could roll out, but he may find it's better to roll out and take off than to try to roll a pocket. So that, that is going to be one of the things
1: I'm very interested. I feel bad because we're spending a lot of time on this game. No, but Uh, I mean, some of them
2: will be less time.
1: That's true. I'll, I'll try and wrap this up quickly. I don't know if he'll run because I've I've mentioned this before. We've talked a lot of college on Debbie Debate with Felix and Austin, myself. Ryan Day did not like it when Justin Fields ran. So you saw him biding time a lot. The one thing I can say in watching as many Browns games as I, as I have, the quarterbacks that have really hurt them are the guys who can move around in the pocket and avoid the rush, and I think Fields can do that. I, and I don't want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray—they didn't always run, and a lot of happen. A lot of times, what happens, you see. And I love Miles Garrett because he's so aggressive, but he overpursues, and the quarterback would step up in the pocket and then move out. And when that happens, Garrett's past you and going the other way at that point, and allows your quarterback to do something. Fields had a lot of practice with that at Ohio State because Ryan Day did not like him to run. Now I don't know that he will do that here at the NFL level, right? Because you're a rookie, everything's moving probably a little bit faster. Maybe his reflex is to just take off. But if he is able to kind of calm himself and be like, okay, well, I can push up and then move to the rollout to the right, and I've got Cole Komet and Allen Robinson running to the sideline, that may be a great way to beat the Browns. I don't, I honestly, I'm. I'll just say it right now. I'm picking the Browns to win this game. I would not be surprised if this is like a field goal kick at the end or a Browns, hopefully, defense stop at the end that gets them the win. I do not think this is going to be any kind of blowout.
2: I mean, especially because we can just quickly cover the Browns side. You know, the question is about their passing game. No Jarvis Landry. I think – baker mayfield is the classic has been much better in terms of being an nfl quarterback than being a fantasy quarterback through two weeks i know we were both bullish on his potential this season i actually uh, you know my sit start that came out today i'm as low in qb2 he was my sit same for obj i think he's going to take some time to work back in i don't think we're going to see a high-flying passing game so i think both these teams are going to be a little bit conservative try to shorten the game Um, I'm just bummed for you because you actually called Justin Fields starting week three and you were supposed to get to be there and now I
1: know. I, I have some family stuff going on, and I'm not able to make it up there. It sucks. Like I was just telling my friend about that today. I was like, the stars aligned perfectly, except for me being there and my guy Kyle McCord getting the start for the Buckeyes, and I was supposed to be at that game Saturday, and then getting a chance to see Justin Fields as I had. i have I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. I thought he was going to start by week three. So, but I st- I'm still going to watch him. It's still going to be yeah. a lot of fun. I can't. I can't wait to watch. It's going to be a great game for Fields. But I think you and I I'm both with you.
2: picked the Browns. So
1: yeah. The funny thing about Baker really quick before we move on to the next game is if you look at like how efficient he's been, though, it's so funny looking at like how good he's been completion wise and everything else. And then you look at like they're like 24th, I think, in passing yards or whatever, like because he's just he doesn't have anybody to throw to.
2: He's been great. He was 19 or 21 last week, but they don't need him to throw for 300 yards to win right now. And so he's not. And he hasn't had, I, you know, I think maybe when we get to some of these back and forth, the way the Ravens are playing, the way we've seen the Steelers yeah. play, the way they have to play in some of these games, and when he has all his full complement of weapons, I think I think he'll get back up there. I still believe he finished as a high-end QB2 or in, right into that QB1, but it's not right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I will add one more thing, and then we will move on to the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions. I think Odell's going to score a long touchdown this weekend. I don't know if he's going to have a big game. I think they're going to find a way to get him involved. That would probably
2: screw my ranking, but thanks for that.
1: uh, I I only have him at wide receiver 30, I think. I don't have him high. I just think he's going to get one big play. I I see it coming because I think he's healthier than we think he is, and I think they've been holding him out, and the reason he's all of a sudden just ready to go is because Landry got hurt. I think they were wanting to take their time with him a little bit. And now that Landry's out there like, we need you, I think he's going to have a big play this
2: weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to it. The Bears' secondary is not the best part of their defense. Yeah.
1: Oh, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Just get ready. Roll out. 60-yard touchdown to Odell. And if that happens, I am clipping this and just making everybody I know retweet it. The 1-1 Baltimore Ravens at the 0-2 Detroit Lions. Can the Lions do anything to stop Lamar Jackson?
2: I don't think it's going to be the Lions, but I think uh, the Ravens are going to try to tamp Jackson down. I'm sure you were as amused as I am that he hurt his hip doing that stupid flip, which I, I was surprised. I thought that was still a penalty. Um, that kind of taunting I thing. I mean, good on anymore. the NFL that they rolled that back because it was a stupid penalty. Well, no. But when he first did it, I was like, oh, shit. Did he who just was that? Was it,
1: you, do you know who a- – I'm probably going to say her last name wrong. I know her first name's Annie. Annie, is it Annie Ager or Agar? Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. She does a lot of, like, parody stuff on, on Twitter. She's become very popular. She does very, very funny videos. She did a video about, it was just like an NFL one, talking about all this different stuff, and someone did something, and she called it a penalty for taunting, and then, and maybe this is what happened, I don't know, because it did just come out a couple of days ago, so I didn't see Lamar doing the flipping thing, because I didn't watch the rest of the end of that game. Uh she did she had a Baltimore jersey on and she made a joke about something and one of the uh, the other teams goes isn't that taunting? She's like wait that was Lamar? No, nah, we'll allow it. I feel yeah. like they do do that. So I would not be surprised I just I- thought
2: in years past like if you did not unnecessary like move into the end zone that would be considered showing up the other team, which is the only way you could really describe that play. Yeah. Um but either way it's kind of amusing he got hurt. But I Detroit's not incredible. I think that the best course of action this week for the Ravens who have had two very difficult games is to try to build a lead and then let those running backs run.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we've seen that this defense for the Ravens has kind of been beaten by the pass. So what are you expecting here from the Detroit Lions offense?
2: I'm hoping for another good game for Quintes Cephas. He seems like he's tracking to be the receiver that we can borderline trust in Detroit. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's been great. I would also like to see a little bit more involvement for DeAndre Swift.
1: Yeah, same here. My shares of Swift would love that. Uh, I think Hawkinson is in for a big game, and I, I do think Cephas is going to be pretty good here as well, but there is um, no shot that I'm taking the Lions to win this game. I'm picking the Ravens.
2: Yeah,
1: same. The 0-2 Colts at the 1-1 and Titans we really don't know what's about to happen at quarterback Carson Wentz played or practice today. So they're saying there's a good shot. He plays Sunday. So let's attack it from both sides. If Eason is the starter, what do you expect from the Colts? And then vice versa. If Wentz ends up starting, what are you expecting from the Colts?
2: Worse than that, apparently on Thursday, Eason and Brett Hundley, who's actually on the practice squad right now, split the first team reps. So even if Carson Wentz can't it's go, they, they they may pull the, the plug. I think the Colts are going to have to try to hope for a monster game from Jonathan Taylor in this running game and that they get a court, they get quarterback play that doesn't kill them, that doesn't make uh, a crucial turnover. We saw even Carson Wentz have uh, a couple of brutal turnovers. Um, they're 0-2. That's bad. Can't afford to start 0-3, especially losing to the Titans who would then go two games up on you. Even as bad as the AFC South is, you don't want to dig that hole.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously I think if Wentz starts to have a better shot at winning this game than Eason or even Huntley, although I I mean he's had his moments. He's a game manager, is what I will say of, of Huntley. And the Titan's maybe defense ain't need. great. That is true, but I mean if he's able to just, you know, distribute the ball, they've got good weapons. I mean, Zach Pascal continues to at least on this podcast, shut us up, because we keep saying there's no way he can do it again, and then he goes out there and catches another touchdown. Pittman had a really good game. We know they have a very good running back in Jonathan Taylor. They just refuse to use him. Uh, so I do think Wentz being out there helps uh, that offense more than if, obviously, Eason or Huntley were to start. Can the Colts contain Derrick Henry? I mean, what do we expect yeah. from from him, A.J. Brown? He's kind of been off to a slow start, which we did not. I did not expect. It. I thought it would be Julio. Yeah. That was going to be off to the slow start. Julio had a hundred yards. I believe it was a hundred yards last game. AJ Brown has kind of been slowly off the mark here.
2: Yeah. I mean, Derek Henry looks like he's back into full on beast mode. Um, so that I think that's going to be a problem. The Colts defense hasn't been great at they've been super susceptible to the past too. So maybe this could be a get right game for AJ Brown. I've moderated the expectations back a little bit, but I still have him in wide receiver two territory. He just isn't getting, um, the, you know, his thing has always been incredible efficiency on a limited number of targets, and we didn't get that last week. And we didn't really get that uh, in week one. Uh So definitely a little bit of a disappointment. It does look like they were making an effort to try to get Julio Jones going. And if Derrick Henry's running like that, I'm giving them the ball too. Dang, I keep
1: forgetting to unmute myself. Yes, I agree with you. Henry is, you know, I feel... We keep expecting him to have a downfall, and I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I mean, he's just, he's so good. I, I don't think anybody can contain him. The only person that can contain Derrick Henry is this, is the play if they decide. Yeah, he's if a, they decide not to give him the ball. That's really the only reason. Well, uh, I he hope, was
2: getting involved in the passing game, too, which know, is everyone's nightmare. I'm telling if you. Because he's going to catch six passes a game,
1: They listen to this podcast, because every time I say he's not going to do something, he goes out there and has just some massive games. So... I hope A.J. Brown's able to get it together. I mean, that Colts defense has not been good to start off this season, so it's a good chance for him to kind of get out there and start balling out. I still think at the end of the year, he's going to be up there top 15. Uh, We've seen him in the past couple years start off a little bit slow. Now, most of those were due to injury, not necessarily. I don't even want to say poor play, but it was more due to injury than anything else. I think he's going to be fine and turn it around. I think he's going to have an okay game this week. I am... this is a tough one. I think I'm going to take the Titans which sucks cuz I don't expect the I didn't expect the Colts to go to 0 and 3 but
2: I know I'm taking the Titans too and what really sucks is I think we've been in lockstep so far this week and nothing good happens when that happens That is that
1: is very true. This game is the other game that I cannot wait to watch the one and one Los Angeles Chargers at the one and one Kansas City Chiefs. What does the future MVP Justin Herbert and this offense have to do to upset the Chiefs?
2: They have to keep up. Um, That's what, you know, Cleveland did a pretty good job of trying to keep up, fell a little bit short. You have to keep up and avoid that kind of crucial mistake. Um, So they're going to need Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to keep balling out. They need Austin Eckler to stay in there and keep balling out. And Justin Herbert has to avoid making that crucial mistake that, unfortunately, bit him in the Dallas game. Throwing that interception in the end zone probably – Killed their chance of winning that one. Kansas city. We know has a monster offense. So that's, that's really, they got to keep it going. They got to avoid mistakes. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I wouldn't, this is one of the quarterbacks that I think can go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be which defense can come up with that big stop to get to a limit to a third down. And can that offense then go out there and respond and put another score up? I think this is going to be a very Good game. Chargers defense has been pretty decent to start off the season. They slowed down a very explosive Cowboys offense. I believe they only held them to 20 points, if I'm remembering correctly, which was not sure. what I was expecting from the Cowboys. I think they can do the same thing here against the the Chiefs, and they're going to have to. That defense is gonna have to make some stops, and Herbert's gonna have to go throw for throw with Mahomes. What are you doing right now with the Chiefs running game? You know, we talked a little bit about CEH has been a little bit disappointing to kick off this season. Are you starting him? Is it rb2 flexed how are you looking at the the running game here for the chiefs
2: yeah fch uh, in the 30s in my rankings this week he was my choice uh for a sit um he had zero targets last week only 13 carries and darrell williams got the goal line carry and the touchdown so he's not a lock to get goal line work rushing alone isn't going to get it done and he has not looked explosive and also had a killer turnover um Unfortunately, you probably spent a lot of capital to get him in drafts two years ago, or even uh, in redraft this year, and it doesn't look like it's going to pan out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I've, I've said all along I thought he was an RB two, so I'm not. I'm not surprised. I, I'm still starting him. We'd almost
2: be lucky if he gets to RB two at this point. He's RB fifty seven through two weeks. That's true.
1: I, I think it, well, was it? Most of the leagues, you only lose, I guess, two points for a fumble, so mm-hmm. you probably would be much Yeah, but much he gave better. you
2: 2.6 points in Week 2, yeah. a, in a game that his team scored 35 points. That's what's yeah. concerning to me.
1: I, I still think he's at least a flex option, because I don't think he's going to be this bad all year long. There's just no way. He's still a good player. I'm not going to completely bail mm-hmm. out on him. Maybe RB2 is a little bit of a stretch, at least right now, but he, he's still a worthy flex spot. You're picking the Chiefs. I am
2: definitely picking the Chiefs. Taking the Chargers, baby. If he's
1: going to win an MVP, like I predicted, he's got to win some big games. In the AFC
2: West, I feel like these teams are so competitive and so good that it's going to be the home teams that win. So I do have the Chargers taking the Chiefs, taking a game from the Chiefs, but not in Arrowhead.
1: It's going to happen in Arrowhead. I don't care if the Chiefs go then into Los Angeles and beat them, but in Arrowhead. Justin Herbert slays that dragon. I cannot wait. The 1-1 New Orleans Saints at the 1-1 New England Patriots. Can the real Jameis Winston please stand up? Aside from Alvin Kamara, are you comfortable starting any single New Orleans Saint?
2: No uh the patriots have a decent defense we saw what they did to zach wilson last week and i know the argument's going to be that Jameis wilson winston's a veteran but he's a veteran who's prone to uh to turnovers last night the carolina panthers growing up zach wilson that's all well last night the carolina panthers didn't get any turnovers off davis mills but they made Jameis winston look like a chump i don't i don't think he's in for a good game so kamara i'm starting but that's
1: it no i'm right there with you i i I said it after week one. I did not think that that Jameis Winston was the real Jameis Winston. It was it was faux Jameis Winston. Wait, Wilson. Jameis Winston. There we go.
2: What surprises yeah. me is they haven't mixed in Taysom Hill even when Winston struggled.
1: Yeah, that is a little bit surprising because they pulled a Hall of Famer off the field to put Taysom Hill on there, and Jameis Winston's not a Hall of Famer. Maybe those
2: special packages don't work if uh, the main guy that's out there doesn't put the fear into the defense.
1: That's, that's probably true. We thought Hunter Henry and John Smith would eat in the Patriots offense, but it hasn't quite materialized. Do you think we will see it this week against the Saints?
2: I do not. Um, Mac Jones has been fine. Another case of a guy who's been a, a solid NFL quarterback. That's not what you're looking for in fantasy. I have him as a high end QB three worse than that. These tight ends are kind of splitting work. Hunter Henry's tight end twenty-seven through two games. Johnny Smith only tight end twenty-three. Personally, if I was going to take a chance on one of them, it's going to be Smith because I feel like he has a better shot at a red zone target. Um, but Hunter Henry was was a fade for me this week.
1: Yeah, it's so. I think I'll just speak for myself. I bought so much into when they used to run the two tight end sets with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski and expected them to do a lot of that here, and it hasn't seemed like that's been the case. So I, I'm with you. I hope that they do. You paid all that money for these guys. I would think you're going to start using them because it's not like you've got Randy Moss still Challenge on the outside. Challenge accepted. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll just say, like, it's it's not like they still have Randy Moss on the outside for Mac Jones to throw the ball to. I know it was only a year and a half with the Patriots, but... I mean, they re- re- realistically have nobody to pass the ball to. James White is probably the best receiving option on that team yeah. right now, outside of those tight ends. They've got to get these guys involved. On the the wait, sorry, we already talked about the New Orleans Saints. They're just that bad. There wasn't really much to talk about. Who are you picking to win this game? I'm taking the Patriots. I think I am too. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in Jameis. The 0 and 2 Falcons versus the 0 and 2 Giants. So someone is gotta win this game possibly question mark (laughs) yeah mike davis has been okay but could we be in a week for an rb2 performance from him and do you think Cordero patterson is flex worthy they did come out today and say that it will be a 60 40 split between the two or expect i'm sorry expect quotation marks a 60 40 split
2: and, you know, that's what all of us are always seeking to hear, especially when you're setting your fantasy lineups. Um, the one thing I'll say is we've seen uh, running backs have success and multiple running backs in the backfield have success against the Giants defense in the first two weeks. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams were both running pretty decently, and then Gordon got a huge breakaway run for a touchdown in week one. Last week, I thought Gibson looked good on the touches that he got, and then uh, McKissick got a couple of breakaway plays that would make me nervous about mike davis because he doesn't if we were going to pick one of those guys to have a big breakaway play it probably wouldn't be davis however i think this is uh the week that we see mike davis come closer to to the scoring level we were expecting i have him ranked as a low end rb2 and i have cordero patterson just outside of rb3 range i think if he gets you a touchdown makes your day but that's no lock
1: yeah, I mean, I said it when Patterson went off last week. I was not buying into him being this, like, new running back for for um, the Falcons here. I think it's going to be Mike Davis. Uh, and I expect him to go out there and have a good game. The Giants' defense is not that scary. And as you mentioned, they've uh, the other teams have found some success against them running the ball. I think Davis is going to have a pretty good game here. Daniel Jones is off to a hot start. He is QB4 through two weeks is he for real? And do you think? Because everybody's been talking about it. Is this the week that Barkley finally turns the corner?
2: So where I'm at in my life is I've watched every single snap of both Giants games this season. Um, I don't know if it's tape, uh, sub. I don't know if it's because uh, Daniel Jones wanted me to stare uh, my bold prediction in the face. He has looked really good against two pretty decent defenses. I mean, Washington isn't exactly what we expected or maybe the giants are better than we think they are. Um, Denver has a pretty good defense too. Barkley. They've been bringing along slowly. I've been watching the way they're rolling out snap counts. I expect, especially now that he's had 10 days off and he's, did we mention they're playing Atlanta, uh, which I believe currently sits as a number 32 ranked defense in case you missed it. There are only 32 NFL bad? teams. Yeah. <laughs> only 32 NFL teams. Daniel Jones, I put him in my top 12 this week. I also put Saquon back in my top 12. I think it's going to be a good game for both.
1: I had Daniel Jones up, I think, at 14. 14? Okay, so I'm a little bit down on him, but I do remember a specific someone out of the three. I mean, that's not really being down on him. Well, that's true. That's true. I just don't have him as a QB1 where he's been. So far this season. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was all in on Daniel Jones. I thought I said this was gonna be his year, and so far he is making me look right. I think I had Barkley at 14 2. I, I don't know that he gets up mm-hmm. into the top twelve, but I do think he does turn around, and have a good game. Again, my biggest fear with Barkley is that offensive line has just not been good. And yeah. even the past couple years before he got hurt last year. He was struggling to really get anything going behind that line. His main work came in the receiving game, and I don't know if they'll dump off a lot to him, but I think he's going to be pretty good against the Atlanta Falcons because they're just not good. Um, That's and so
2: He may only get 20 touches is what I was yeah. talking about earlier, but 20 touches is all you need. I think he finds the end zone this week.
1: Oh, I think he finds the end zone twice. I'm all in on the Giants winning this game.
2: <laughs> Giants, best 0-2 team in the league.
1: Sorry, Colin. Sorry, but hey, at least they get the number one pick to draft Spencer Rattler, Erman Lee Willis next year, probably.
2: Oh, is he a That's big Falcons fan?
1: Colin, yeah, he almost cried on the on the live draft coverage when they passed on Justin Fields for Kyle Pitts, the Georgia boy, for Kyle Pitts.
2: <sighs> Poor Kyle Pitts.
1: No, I... oh, it's not his fault that they're stupid. No,
2: they I mean, him. I I wish they were using him more.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was say, it's not their fault that they passed on the generational talent, future Hall of Fame. Just or, events.
2: based on what we've seen, they maybe should have taken in Penny Sewell or uh, maybe a defensive wow. player.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Colin was all in on them doing any one of those besides Kyle Pitts, but they uh, didn't. They went Kyle Pitts. The one and one Cincinnati Bengals at the one and one Pittsburgh Steelers. Derek Carr torched this defense last week for 382 yards. What do you expect Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow to do? I think I they're going to have. I they're also out. Devin Bush still, and someone else. Yeah, heard today.
2: Yeah, and Pittsburgh's defense, uh, you know, they have some good players on the front end, but it seemed like their back end has struggled a little bit. Uh, anyone that was watching. Uh, Car hit Henry Ruggs on some of those deep shots. I had to be salivating, knowing that both T. Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase are coming in uh, with with Joe Burrow. Uh, division games are always tricky. I think it's going to be competitive, but I expect a pretty solid day for all the passing pieces here.
1: Yeah, I really is. I mean, obviously, being a Browns fan and a big fan of the AFC North in general. Every once in a while, you see some pretty big blowouts, but usually these teams play themselves pretty competitively, at least into the third and fourth quarter, just because of how well they know each other. I think Jamar Chase is in for another big game here. I think he is going to have um, a a good game against the secondary. I think Joe Mixon is going to be pretty good as well. Ben Roethlisberger is dealing with a left pec injury, and Deontay Johnson has been ruled out. Is this a week, um, or who, I guess, are you going to lean on
2: this week? I think it's got to be a big Nashay-Harris game, uh, both as a rusher and a receiver. Um, Juju's probably would be my pick to be the best receiver, and maybe we see a step up for Friar He got quite a few targets last week, seems to be carving out a role. Uh, Claypool still feels to me like a guy you take shots with, and I, with the way Ben's been going, I don't, have great confidence in that
1: yeah he sent out a um i can't remember i don't know if it was in a press conference or tweet or what he said that people may have to like uh reduce their expectations for what his arm can do right now because I, I guess dealing with that injury and i was like I'm way do a, get shorter way than three yards of throw like i don't really know well that was
2: the thing we talked about them being a huge high volume pass offense last year and they were but when you looked at all the yeah. numbers no no receiver hit a thousand yards that's yeah. telling
1: yeah, I'm with you on Juju. Uh, you know, I think Deontay so far has been the best of the group, but obviously him being out, and in all honesty, the short area really seems to be where Juju thrives for the most part, so I think this is definitely a Juju game. I hope it's a Najee game. I am worried. He just, the one thing, I like, I love Najee coming out of college, but he's not necessarily someone who creates very well for on his own, and I'm worried that this offensive line is not going to get a lot of great push here and they're not going to be able to create lanes. He's going to have to do it in the receiving game, much like he did last week, which I do think is possible. I'm, I'm a little concerned that he may not have a big game. I did put him in my top 12 because I'm hoping he gets a lot of receiving work, but I'm a little worried that that could end up backfiring here on me. I'm going to take the Bengals. I think... For the most part, they've looked better this year. I know it's it's at uh, Ketchup Field, but um, I'm taking, I know, I'm taking I, the Bengals.
2: There's a big part of me that wanted to take the Bengals too, but I'm I'm taking the Steelers. I have to be honest. I feel like this is a pick 'em game at best.
1: No, I agree with you. And you know, again, maybe you give again. They're in. They're at. They're at Ketchup Field, right? It's at. It's at Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's at Heinz. Okay. Yeah. So no, they're. It's at Ketchup Field. Ketchup Field, not Heinz. Uh yeah, I yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm going with the Bengals. The 2 and 0 Arizona Cardinals at the 0 and 2 Jacksonville Jaguars is Rondale Moore worth an every week start.
2: Yeah, I mean 13 targets in 2 weeks he leads the team. I think he's definitely a flex. Uh, I don't know if I think he's a lock for RB, or for WR2, but I think he's a flex.
1: He is a flex right now. I would be, I would not be surprised if by midseason he is locked into your lineup as your wide receiver two every single week. AJ Green has not shown much of anything. Ronda Moore has been explosive. I think he's going to overtake that role sooner rather than later. I think he's the perfect opposite player of DeAndre Hopkins. What are you doing with the Arizona backfield? You got Connor Edmonds. I mean, Edmonds has been decent. He's, I don't think he's gotten into the end zone, which may be one of the biggest cruxes and why he has not scored a lot of fantasy points. Connor's been okay. Who, how, how are you viewing this back?
2: Edmonds is the one that I feel comfortable starting right now. Cause uh, Connor is what we thought he was going to be doing kind of uh, the first, second down plotter grinder. Um, And that's not a big enough of a factor in the way Arizona's playing football right now. Now, maybe against a Jacksonville team where they they don't have to put on as big of an air show, maybe he ends up getting more run. But I think Edmonds has looked decent when he's run, and he's also getting passing game. He feels like a pretty safe uh, flex for RB2 range.
1: Are you? I'm just going to expand this to the whole Jaguars team. Are you starting anybody on the Jaguars for fantasy?
2: I actually did slot Marvin Jones into a couple of deeply flex spots. He seems to be the go-to guy right now. As much as I would like it to be Chark, you know, it just they don't seem to materialize. And the most shocking one is I, they don't seem to be using Lavisca Chenault at all. Not using using him in any of the creative. One. Who would have thought? Uh, Who's I can't remember their old coach right now, uh, but it was more creative. He's getting it in that bra- Marone, Devin Marone, Marone. yeah. yeah. Okay. Who would have thought Devin Marone would be more creative in using mm-hmm. it? Because we thought Chenault and Etienne were going to kind of, ha- you know, fight for, for targets and touches there. And when Etienne goes away, you thought, well, LaVisca Chenault's in for it. But he seems to be like the missing man formation out there. Yeah.
1: I tried to warn you guys that, you know, Urban Meyer and Daryl Bevel was a bad, bad combination. I didn't think Urban Meyer was going to be great to begin with. And then you add in a... You know, a guy who I believe was calling plays back in the 1950s and still thinks we're in the 1950s. It's not uh, not great for football in general. I'm taking the Cardinals. I don't think there's any way the Jags win this game.
2: I'm also taking the Cardinals. But you know what? Week three is here. And we are pumped about that. Week two is in the books. Week three is here. So it's time to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you're not going to want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If the sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN, that's T PPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details.
1: Alright, so let's talk about the 0-2 New York Jets at the 2-0 Denver Broncos. Zach Wilson struggled, and he gets another tough defense on the road. Do you feel comfortable playing him or realistically any New York Jet this week?
2: I do not. Um, Their rushing game hasn't been strong enough to take a chance on that. Denver's defense, even with a couple of injuries, has been really good. Patrick Sertan looked awesome. They have Kyle Fuller. They have two of the, the – probably the best safety combination, in my opinion, in the NFL. Vaughn's been good. Um, they've been getting good line push, and the Jets line is beat up. Makai Becton's out. I think it's going to be a tough game on the road.
1: Man, Sertan may be one of those guys. I don't want I guess I was kind of wrong on him. I, I had him at like the third best cornerback in the draft, and he's been phenomenal so far to start off this season. I saw someone on Twitter post yeah. some of the some of the clips of him. Uh, who who did they play last week again?
2: They played. He got an incredible interception against Lawrence last week in Jacksonville.
1: They showed a clip because uh, you know usually, and again, we're going to break off subject here real quick. But there's really not much to talk about with the Jets, so no, I'll just echo you so that I can continue on my point. No, don't start any of them. Yeah, they post a clip. Usually wide you know, cornerbacks do a good job of staying with wide receivers for like 10 to 20 seconds, and then usually it's it's hard to keep up with them. Someone posted a clip of him staying with, and I don't know who it was, it may have been Marvin Jones, I'm not sure, for 42 seconds, like never breaking within like half a step of him. That is it really actually looked like
2: he was on chark more often. Was it chart? Uh, and cause like Fuller is the one that got torched on Marvin Jones touchdown.
1: Gotcha. See, I, I didn't see who the wide—because it was, like, from the bird's eye view, so I couldn't really see who the wide mm. receiver was. But just, like, watching him stick with the receiver, I was just like, I may have been a tad bit wrong on certain. I mean, I had him, I think, is my—I'm almost positive about him as cornerback three, but he's—I well, mean, hes i mean he's and been phenomenal.
2: It's tough. It's going to be tough for those quarterbacks. Ronald Darby's on short-term IR right now with the hamstring, but— you go across their, their three corners. You have Sertan and Fuller on the outside, Bryce Call- Callahan, who's actually back healthy and who was Denver's best corner last year in yeah. slot. And then you have Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons who are like roving around. That's how Kareem Jackson got a touch uh, oh, interception Justin, last yeah. week, just to undercut a, a receiver who, you know, and they did that to Lawrence. Lawrence, um, you know, he was really hot on one drive, but then, he had trouble even completing passes. I think with the way Wilson has kind of struggled and with the way their lines, it can be a long day for him.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt about it. I, was, I, I love Justin Simmons. He's one of my favorite defensive players in the game. I think he's extremely good. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he has been surprisingly a— I mean, I, I think it's fair for both of us to say surprisingly. We both thought Locke would win the job and be— and I thought mm-hmm. if the Broncos were going to be 2-0 and right now, it would be going to be because of Drew Locke. It's because of Tutty Bridgewater because that's all he's doing. is throwing tutties out there. What are your thoughts on Mr. Bridgewater?
2: Yeah, I think he's a great super flex start. I have him ranked uh, inside my top 15 again. Um, I I did expect Denver, no matter who got picked, to start out 3-0. and This is a soft part of their schedule. I'm very interested to see if he keeps this going. Uh, I think they play the Ravens in week four. Um, that seems like a she tad bit imagine. tougher competition than Giants, Jaguars, Jets we had to open up. Uh, but the only danger from, that I see in this game is that the Broncos get up and decide to just milk the clock down with their running backs.
1: Could be possible. I am taking the Broncos to win this game.
2: Yes, even my wife picked the Broncos this week, which I <laughs> thought was a step up for me.
1: The 1-1 one and one Miami Dolphins at the Las Vegas Raiders, who are sitting at 2-0. and oh. We know Jacoby Brissett is in for the Dolphins. Can the Dolphins get the run game going to take some of the pressure off Brissett in this
2: game? The Raiders didn't look great against the run week one against the Ravens, but they actually did a pretty good job with Najee Harris. I mean, he was under four yards carry, not a great offensive line there. The Dolphins don't seem to be committing to the run, and I I don't know what to make of it. I'm actually a little bit leery of using Miles Gaskin at this point.
1: I am with you, and that sucks because I like Miles Gaskin a lot. The one thing I'll say is you're right on Najee. They bottled him up. Bad offensive line for Pittsburgh. Baltimore was able to run on them, but Baltimore's whole offense is built around the run, so I don't want to read too much into that. I think they're obviously somewhere in the middle of that, and I think they're closer to what we saw last week against Pittsburgh and Najee. And I think Najee's a better running back than Gaskin. Granted, the Steelers probably have a not as good offensive line as the Dolphins. But I do think that that defense is just going to come out and be like, you know what, Reset, you beat us. And they're going to not let them run the ball. So I'm with you. I still think you've got to flex Gaskin because he can get some PPR points. But I'm not expecting a massive game.
2: Even in week one, if you took out the one huge breakaway that Tyson Williams had and you kind of, ignore lamar who's his own thing they actually did a pretty good job yards and yards per carry uh, against uh williams and latavius he just had that one i think it was 41 yards
1: man the raiders out here just shutting us all up we i did not expect them to be this good
2: i thought I they'd just, be decent but i they are better so, than yeah, i'm not know. taking credit i know you guys have been like hey you were on the raiders i wasn't i wasn't on the raiders
1: I mean, you were on the Raiders more than we were. I think I had him to have, like, the third-worst division record in the AFC, so I was not not on them at all. Derek Carr has been on fire. He is going for 800—he's gone for over 800 yards in two games. But what about the running game? It looks like Jacobs is out. You got Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber back there again. Are you considering firing either one of them up?
2: Drake's a deep league flex because he's getting uh, five to seven targets a game and catching some passes. But neither of them is worth anything in terms of the run game. And I don't really see the Raiders getting that running game going. To be honest, Josh Jacobs wasn't able to get a lot behind them either. It's not a great offensive line. They need to figure that out if they want to have a solid second half of the season when the weather starts to turn. But for now, they seem to be better off throwing.
1: It's insane because you're right, that offensive line, that like that was my biggest concern with them. It's why I did not mm-hmm. pick them to be that good because I thought Derek Carr was going to be under pressure all the time. They've actually been really good at task blocking. They just don't seem to be able to establish the run at all. Derek Carr's going to be able to go out there and throw for 400 yards a game. The running game may not matter, so I'm very the curious best. to see how long this holds up.
2: The best run of the season was the one play Marcus Mariota had before he landed on IR. Before he got, yeah,
1: before he got injured, yeah. I'm very curious to see how long this can hold up. i I, I'm be honest with you. They're so much fun to watch. I kind of hope they they sneak into the playoffs. They, they've been a very fun game. They're a very fun team to watch the past two weeks, uh, and I'm taking them to win this game. And I did not expect to say that. I really thought Miami was going to be better at this point in the season, but they're just not even if and i'm gonna be honest even if two was out there i'd still be picking the raiders right now
2: yeah i'm taking the raiders
1: the 2-0 and tampa bay buccaneers at the 2-0 los angeles rams antonio brown is likely out with covid how do you think this impacts the passing game if at all
2: uh probably clarifies things a little bit with him removed i think you feel better about mike evans you feel better about chris godwin and gromkowski's an every week start
1: Damn right he is. Got him in like the fifteenth round of the Scott Fishbowl, baby. Winning me uh, games, can't win. He wait. looks so, like uh, 2018 Gronk right now. He really does. He really does. It's 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 insane. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, Godwin, Evans, um, Gronkowski. I think they're all going to be fine. And and mostly, I think they're getting a lot of volume in this game because that Rams defense is tough. And I mean, I don't think that the Buccaneers running backs could run through a wet paper sack, much less Aaron Donald and this defense. So I think it's going to be a very pass-heavy game here for the Buccaneers. I think all of them are going to have good games. Cooper Cup has been on fire. He's clearly established a good rapport here with Stafford. How do you feel about Woods, though, in this game? As I'm, I do think it's going to be a very heavy offensive game into the passing. And then do you have any concern about uh, Henderson with his rib injury?
2: Yeah, I'll speak to Henderson first. I am a little bit concerned. Um, Jeff Muller, I don't know if you follow him, posted something that when uh, Cam Akers had a similar rib cartilage injury last year, they held him out for two games. That gave me a moment of pause. I have not seen anything where they said he's out, but they haven't said anything where he's in. If he is out, that puts even more pressure, I think, on the passing game because Sonny Michelle has been – okay with what they've asked him to do but it doesn't seem like he's quite ready to carry a huge load robert woods is clearly the number two target i think he's still you're still starting him he's still a wide receiver two flex territory um but cup seems to be far and away the the top choice the bigger question is are we going to see higby get six targets or higby get a target
1: two he's gonna get two
2: uh I because we woods, both put him top 12
1: i know yeah that's exactly why I hope Woods has a good game here. I mean, he hasn't been bad, as you pointed out, but he hasn't quite been the Robert Woods. You know, we we we've disrespected him every single year, and now I feel like we've 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 over
2: respected him. him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like we, we we've kind of like oh, we've given him the respect, and the Rams like no, nah, we're bringing him down a notch. Now, so I'm with you on Henderson, though. I've had broken ribs and bruised ribs. I have never, this might surprise some of you who are listening or watching. I've actually never played in the NFL, but I've just lived like a normal person life. And like anything is difficult when you have just a bruised rib. And when you're yeah. talking about having, well, I don't know what exactly the rib it injury is. It was like is, a
2: rib cartilage injury. So I like somewhere between a bruise and a sadness.
1: And I'm almost positive you can't shoot that up to make it go away either. And he's He'd going to have wear a people
2: jacket, I think.
1: Even a flat jacket. I promise you, it hurts. He gets hit, it's gonna hurt. I am not trusting Henderson this week. I'm gonna end up probably being dead wrong. He's gonna get 20 carries for 150 yards and two touchdowns. But if I can afford to sit him, I am because this very good Tampa Bay defense, I- I'm telling you, man, rib injuries are nothing to mess with. You mentioned it with the Cam Akers one. I don't think in, uh, Henderson's going to have a big game here. That being said, I think I've, I picked the Rams to be the best team in the NFC outside of the Packers. I had them being the number two seed. I think they're going to get Tampa Bay in this one. I'm going to take the Rams.
2: So I just looked to see what the current injury says. They said he's listed as questionable. I haven't seen whether or not he he played, but I'm with you. I'm I'm not. I wasn't expecting a huge running game anyway. I am yeah. also taking the Rams. <laughs> All right,
1: that moves us on to the 1-1 one and one Seattle Seahawks at the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. Pete Carroll was, for some reason, critical of Russell Wilson this week. Will that impact Very how the incredible. Seahawks' play?
2: I don't know. We said this last week when uh, Brabel threw Julio under the bus. It's either going to uh, cause him to have a bad game or cause him to be so pissed off that he wants to like throw every pass to the receiver and have it carry them up his coach's ass. So I'm, I'm hoping. For, yeah, I'm hoping for the former. It was it was a weird flex. They, he basically, yeah. after his defense got shredded for 182 yards and three touchdowns by Derrick Henry, it was somehow all Russell Wilson's fault. All the dude yeah. did was have a decent game and get the team 30 points. Um, it was a weird flex to throw him under the bus for that. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how it goes. And I'm hoping we get to see a big play from Metcalf. We've expected it now for a couple of weeks. The Vikings could be the tonic for a receiver looking for a big play.
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm just going to continue to say it until it happens. DK Metcalf, he's going to have a good game this week. You know, it can't be Tyler Lockett every week. Really, I'm only saying that as a reverse jinx because I had Tyler Lockett and Scott Fishbowl, and I need him to continue to just, like, rocket ship to the moon. So, you know, might as well just keep saying it and see if we can keep that karma going. They can both be good. I don't—it just—that made no sense to me. Yes, it it was Russell Wilson's fault that you guys couldn't win in overtime. I'm pretty sure he's the reason you guys got overtime, but, you know, what do I know? I'm just a dude who sits at my house and talks about fake football, so probably nothing do you have any concerns about dalvin cook's ankle i believe he did not practice again today so i'm a little worried about that i think if they say he's playing you've got to start him though you just have to he's one of those players you can't sit him
2: um we talked about this a little bit when we were uh talking about the rankings so he was a non-participant at friday's practice but mike zimmer said the running back did some work uh and is listed as questionable on the final injury report earlier in the week zimmer said ankle injury or not they were going to continue to play him so i think that's why we we ranked him the way we did it's looks like a pretty decent matchup if you just saw this defense give up 182 yards to uh derrick henry um and then you know i think both their starting receivers are in play here and i actually like kj osborne as a deep league flex
1: I'm with you. I think Osborne is definitely a flex. Uh, that all being said, I, I mean, I picked Minnesota to have the worst record in the NFC. I'm taking the Seahawks. I think they're going uh,
2: 0-3. God help me, I'm taking the Vikings.
1: <laughs> the 1-1 Packers, uh, Sunday night football game, 1-1 Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers were sitting currently at 2-0. and Aaron Rodgers has struggled the last couple of times they've played San Francisco. Is this the time that he gets them? I actually think both games have been blowouts too. Haven't they? Yeah. um, I know the playoff one was for sure. The playoff one was positive. The one in the regular season one. I'll look it up. And wasn't
2: that, wasn't that even the game where the 49ers legitimately had no receivers because of COVID and they still won by, by a decent amount. I, it's weird because uh, Aaron Rodgers from the Bay Area, so they always talk about it as a homecoming, but he hasn't recently played that well there. Um, I think he will be okay, but I'm a little more cautious. Like last week, I was dead certain we were going to see Aaron Rodgers go ham on Detroit. I This one, I'm a little more cautious. Uh, I don't think he'll be as bad, hopefully, as week one. Um, but I don't think he's gonna reach the heights of week two.
1: Yeah, I I I said I thought week one was kind of a aberration. So last time they played, oh, they won last time they played. Why do I not remember that? Eleven five? They beat the San Francisco 49ers 34 to 17. The previous two times uh, before that in twenty twenty. They lost yeah. in the playoff game thirty-seven to twenty, and then in November they lost thirty-seven to eight. All of which were yeah. in San Francisco. So I,
2: I do, I forgot about the their matchup last uh, last year. I think that was the one where the 49ers legitimately had no receivers, no receivers because of COVID, and they were off. playing. Yeah, they were whoever. playing Nick Mullins and Jarek McKinnon were all yes. they had. Richie James, Richie James, Ross, Ross Dwelly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, River was Craycraft. Robert
1: Craycraft, yeah, River Craycraft. the use Kyle, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle use check Jordan Reed. So, that's right, yeah. I forgot that was, now
2: that was the game that some wondered whether San Francisco should be made to uh play, so we did forget a little bit uh about that one, but I think it was the, the year prior. I was thinking about they got Rodgers came got in, and blurred, got clocked. So yeah. This is more like the 49ers teams of that Super Bowl year than the 49ers last year
1: i agree i still think this is going to be a close game i'm not as worried about the secondary the 49ers have right now and they just had another yeah. injury i can't remember who it was a couple weeks ago uh in week one they lost their Barrett jason to a season ending injury i believe yep. so i do think this is going to be a better game i i, I know i said it after week one we see this every year from the Packers. They just have that game that you're just like, what the hell just happened? I think they got it out of the way in week one. They're going to be good moving forward. Uh, I expect them to have a good game here. I don't know that I'm with you. I don't know they have the quite the game that uh, they had in week two. I would temper expectations for Aaron Jones a little bit, but I think Adams can still have a good game here. And I think MVS is a sneaky play we talked a lot about it. he's been getting a lot of targets and just missing i think he can connect on a big play this week for the 49ers side here elijah mitchell looks like he's likely not going to play but trey sermon has been cleared and looks like he's going to be the starter are you firing him up in your lineups this week uh
2: yeah i think he's worth he's worth a flex uh, mitchell came back to practice but i guess he got downgraded to doubtful uh behind that is trenton cannon um can i interest you in trenton cannon no i didn't think so so i'm i'm gonna say sermon's at least got flex value
1: give me the sermon baby i'm all in it's gonna be a great game from trey sermon uh i am taking the packers though i think aaron Rodgers is gonna drive down the field last minute game winning touchdown to devontae adams
2: i'm taking the 49ers (sighs)
1: Monday night football, the one and one Philadelphia Eagles at the one and one at Dallas Cowboys. Hertz has been solid, but what do you make of the Eagles receivers? Is there any that you trust week to week?
2: I think Devontae Smith is probably the – feels like the best one. He and Rager have both had their moments. What I, I'm interested in is we think Justin Herbert is a darn good quarterback probably a little bit better of a quarterback than uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, and the Cowboys were able to hold him uh, in check and actually force a couple of turnovers. They're going to be at home. I know Dak has already talked about how emotional it's going to be to be back uh, in the Big D, uh, where he hasn't been since since his injury, how excited he was to get to play for the hometown fans. I think there's a chance that this is a tough game for Philly.
1: Interesting. I, the one thing I will say with the, the difference so far is while well, Herbert has rushing upside, he is not the athlete that Hurts is, which I think could yeah. help him against this Dallas defense. I'm with you. Smith is the one that I'm starting every week. I know he had a bad week too. I don't expect him to to only get, what, a two points I think is what he got last week. I think Smith's going to yeah. be fine moving forward. Um, Dallas Goddard, I'm starting as well. I think that the Cowboys are a little bit weaker on the outside. though. I like, oh, you think in the middle? I like their linebackers. I don't know. I think
2: their I think linebackers are very good against the run and uh, good pass rushers. Micah Parsons looked like a beast coming off the I end. Goodness, I yeah. don't know about, um, you know, they do have, the uh, I think it's KZ who was a safety in Atlanta, um, who's who's kind of playing middle linebacker as their coverage guy. It's not terrible, gotcha. but I I actually think their corners are a little strong. They're stronger on the corner than they are straight up the spine.
1: Well, I think obviously Dallas Goddard is a good play. I think Jalen Rager could have a big game this week. I'm kind of in on Rager having a having a good game, but I, I think I think this is going to be a much better game. I I, I think. It's going to be one of those classic Monday Night Football games between them where it comes down to the wire and we'll see who ends up pulling off the big upset – or not upset, but off the big play that ends up winning him the game. Zeke was solid in Week 2, but still plenty of touches for Tony Pollard. Could this be the week that we see the Zeke of old?
2: Yeah, actually, um, I'm an RB9 or eight, I can't remember, somewhere in that range this week. I think uh, they are going to feed and feature him a little bit more. I'm sure they've heard the the rumblings that he's the half washed, and I think that it's been strategy more than um, Ezekiel Elliott being a lesser a demonstrably lesser player that has to do with the way they played the week one certainly looked like they decided their best offense against that Tampa Bay front was to do a lot of quick passing and that that worked really well for them week two you know I think he he ran fine the place that he was in Uh, I think we've talked about too they're probably trying to save him keep him strong going going through the full season I think this is going to be a game where he, he comes out and is pretty strong and Dak, I love you. Um, I need more than six points this week.
1: Yeah, I, I was trying to remember what. Um, so Zeke Elliott has uh, obviously been in the league for what is that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In the past three years, or in seven total years, I'm gonna try and remember this correctly. I'm probably gonna get it wrong. Shout out to Ray Garvin and Jordan Richards at Wake uh, Wake Up. They do a great morning show on Twitter every single day. They talked a a little bit about this the other day. Ray, big Dallas Cowboys fan. If I'm remembering correctly, in the seven years that Zeke has been in the NFL, he has like seven runs over, it's like 50 yards or something like that. Tony Pollard has 10 in the last three years he's been in the NFL. He's a more explosive running back. I still think Zeke's the guy, and I I do expect him to have a good game this week. I don't think Tony Pollard's going away though. And that sucks no, I mean, for anybody who rosters Zeke.
2: I don't think Tony Pollard even has to go away. There we've seen all over the place there's room for both especially with Michael Gallup on the shelf. You know, mixing in Tony Pollard would you rather throw it to one of your lumbering tight ends or Tony Pollard? I mean, I think there's room for both. I I just don't think it's necessarily to- there was there's been a big movement that Zeke's done. I, I, yeah. know, oh, yeah, I know based on the yeah. usage and what seemed to be the game plan that I'm I'm deducing that after two weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Zeke's not done yet. He's getting there. He's <laughs> not done yet. Uh but I just I personally I am a little worried about the usage with Pollard because mm-hmm. I have drafted him and even traded for him in a couple places. So I was expecting a big year out of him because I really thought getting Dak back we were going to unlock that Zeke we had last year. They don't yeah. seem to be going away from Tony as much as I hoped they would. That's kind of my biggest fear. And I, we, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, if you watched Hard Knocks, though, um, the two BFFs on that team is Dak and Ezekiel Elliott. And that's what also makes me think after a couple weeks of he- hearing those things that he's going to want to help his friend.
1: I hope so. I mean, the biggest thing that worries me, and, and, and I should have listened, they said it all year long, was... They were going to manage Zeke for the playoffs. They wanted to make yeah. a playoff run, and they wanted to have him healthy for the playoffs. So maybe we should have paid more attention to that. As much as I like Hurts, and I think this is going to be a close game, I'm going to take them boys. I don't I don't see how the Eagles come back. I hope they do, and I hope I'm wrong on this one, but I, I'm going to take the Cowboys.
2: The Cowboys' path uh, to a berth in the Super Bowl began with a small step up a win in Los Angeles last week and continues with a double-digit beatdown of Nick Sirianni and his "Beat Dallas" bullshit T-shirt this week.
1: All in on your your love for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, so but that
2: it's way too early to abandon your Super Bowl picks.
1: <laughs> that I mean, that's true. It's way too early. <laughs> that will do it for us today obviously good luck to all of you and any of the matchups you have this weekend i hope you guys enjoy the games on sunday matt dennis and myself will be back on monday to recap all of the action from sunday talk any breaking news injuries as we work our way to the monday night football game between these said dallas unless Cowboys and unless D. the jets
2: pull the upset and then i will be having a sick day on a mental health day on monday
1: you know, I understand because I'm pretty sure the Browns are going to lose this weekend. So until Monday, we talk to you. And this guys. is on
2: as <laughs> a Prepare for
0: glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like out the whole line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. The one up above his head, they can't jump with me, die, leave. Oh, they tackle like the a 40 year Who can make a play? I
2: can't. Who can make a play? I can't. <laughs>